The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, Episode 80. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Uh, Just a reminder, of course, you can get your own official Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt or coffee mug, sticker, magnet. Uh, You can find all sorts of fun stuff, and they all encapsulate our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away, and you can find all of those options at sqpn.com slash merch. So there's some really fun stuff out there, so go check it out. Also, of course, we have a a new way to join the StarQuest fan club mailing list. So this is the email newsletter. And you can text StarQuest to 66866. So that's text StarQuest, all one word, to 66866. Also, of course, be sure to share the podcast on Twitter or Facebook or your favorite social media uh, to get us seen by more people. And please leave us a review. Uh, we love to to hear your thoughts and love to to be uh, to to find uh, what you find interesting about what we're doing. And it also helps us get seen by more people. So uh, love to see those reviews come through. So please uh, do that and help us uh, share the podcast with more people. Today we are discussing the seventh episode of The Bad Batch. This is entitled Battle Scars. And joining me on the panel tonight are Angela Cialana. Hi, y'all. Hello. And a second and finally this evening is Bib Fortuna. I, I, I mean, Mike Creevy. <laughs> Hello. I, should, I, should I tell them real quick what that reference is yeah, to? Yeah, you, you <laughs> mentioned it last episode in the podcast, but for those Did who I, okay. are completely confused, please do. Well, and it's an update. So long story short, every time I go to the um, the uh, the kiosk, the lunch lunch meat kiosk at the grocery store here, um, they don't call it out, unfortunately, which would be great. But you like you <laughs> type in like your name. And I got so sick of just typing my name all the time that I was like, let's make this interesting because they actually print it out and stick it on the lunch meat when they give it to you. So it's a little souvenir. So uh, I've been Bib Fortuna. Uh, last time I was Salacious Crumb. <laughs> so, um, and I think Angela was especially disappointed to find out that they don't actually yell it out because that, that would be yeah. awesome. So, yeah. yeah, like at Starbucks where you have to tell them, like yeah. verbally tell them. It's always like if you're verbally telling them, yes. do you have to spell out salacious for them? Because <laughs> that would even be more funny. I never plan it ahead of time. I just, it's whatever comes to mind. So, <laughs> nice. yeah. I used to do that um, at Starbucks, but my problem was, is my, my favorite character um, especially when I would do that at Starbucks was Jason Solo. And mm. so I would say Jason and they would spell it inevitably J A S O N and not J A C E N like the character. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I was never really, I wasn't quite as, uh, in, uh, as fun and, and crazy as, as you are, Mike. So, <laughs> but I could, I should start I just, doing that again. 
it is it is pretty fun it's just to see what what like secondary or tertiary whatever's after tertiary character will be coming up in your mind at the moment so have you ever gotten anyone to like comment on it not yet and and to be fair the first two times i did it i just simply put it in as lord vader <laughs> so that was, i think i think they may have just been like okay dude you know just just let me cut the lunch meat you know <laughs> so but do you no, do you have no to go in there and say I'm here for a pickup for for Lord Vader or no? Fortuna? I, I should I should ask for it and just just put it in with that name like say it out loud because they just <laughs> you know if you're not there if you're there when they finish it they'll actually check it and hand it to you you know and see it sometimes though if I'm a little late if I'm running around the store it's just in the little like mm, the pickup area tray yeah so that's yeah but I get the tag though I should start I, I should save them all <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll do that from now on it'll be a little souvenir. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, let's let's jump into the to the bad batch and this particular episode, uh I I thought it was was a a good a good moment of to to move the plot forward, but of course, uh what what did you guys think before I share my own thoughts? Um, well, I you know, I did laugh and I cried, but at the same time, I thought this was um maybe the most predictable episode of the series. <laughs> Not in a bad way. I don't mean to knock the the show or anything like that. But I think a lot of us kind of felt like we knew where this was going. Um, definitely Mike had uh, an inkling mm-hmm. along with others, apparently, that um, Rex would have been the person that was contacted um, about these rogue clones. Um, but as far as just the episode overall, I did enjoy it. Um, I thought that there were some good writing moments in there and I'll get to that of course in our discussion. Um, but it was, it was good to see Rex and kind of get this bridge from, you know, when we last saw him with Ahsoka and then bridging the gap as far as his journey into the rebellion. So that was exciting. Yeah, I I agree. And I think, um, well, it's interesting. I, I didn't necessarily have any feelings about whether or not, I, I did think it was going to be Rex that um, the uh, Martez sisters had been talking to, but I didn't necessarily assume that we'd see him in this episode. So that was kind of cool. Um, but, uh, and, and, <laughs> and we can get into this a little bit later, but I was talking to you two before the show about, I, I kind of wish there had been a little bit more of, when you said predictability, Angela, absolutely. Um, seeing him sit there with the hood on and everything like it was, it was, it was a pretty obvious thing that it was him at that point. You know, and like mm-hmm. the clone trooper, you know, whatever it is, the armor on the arms and stuff like that. But uh, it was cool to see him for sure. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it would make sense though that it was either going to be him or well, somebody that had been contacted at the very end of one of the previous two episodes <laughs> needed right. to show up in this one because it's mm-hmm. like we can't go like three episodes with okay, who are we talking to out there? <laughs> like this is getting annoying. So that was nice just to kind of have it some answer to some question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I have to say for me uh I guess I know you said Angela that it was predictable and I agree with you but I also disagree with you and I disagree in the sense that this was not how I expected the inhibitor chip sequence to go. Mm. I I expected Wrecker's chip to kick in in some pivotal battle in some like you know more high stress situation and then my my mind was going down the road of like you know then he would capture the group and 
bring them to crosshair or something. I expected a little bit more high stakes when the the inhibitor chip kicked in, and and so they 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 play up the uh, the danger that he's posing to Omega in that sense, but it, right. it wasn't quite as high stakes, I guess, as I was expecting. Um, but I'm 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 happy with kind of where they go where they went with it. I mean, I think everyone who's watching the show has been like just kind of, you know, waiting on pins and needles as, as the, as Wrecker's headaches kept getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, well, just to kind of uh, touch on that, I think what they did was um, to create a sense of stakes more in this episode is that they've been working for all this time, right. On not only his headaches, but also his hesitancy towards um having anything done to him right Mm -hmm. like uh physically whenever tech had something you know with the inhibitor chip before or you know how he was constantly talking about his he he was in charge of what you know he he, i like to blow things up because i like to blow things up we talk about that line a lot (laughs) um but i think you know even with within this episode he showed a lot of hesitancy continuously up until, you know, that moment where it really kicks in the inhibitor chip. And so I think that they used that well, at least to start heightening the stakes for us, you know, as the viewer. So Mm -hmm. I I did appreciate that at least, you know, it would have been kind of jarring if, you know, just Wrecker, for example, you know, it's interesting, he is this guy who just kind of goes right into battle, right? And he just starts knocking people out. But then outside of those situations he is this kind of like hesitant person right like he 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 doesn't like heights and he kind of like tiptoes around those so those kind of things and so um you know i thought that was just interesting how they created that as part of his character and then they used that to kind of make it an even more difficult journey for him to get mm-hmm. the inhibitor chip out yeah it it was it there, there was a a slow build up which added um, it, it's, it's added tension in the last number of episodes. So, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can totally see what you're saying there. Um, one of the other comments that I just had kind of overall was I, I thought the, the name of the episode was, was appropriate battle scars. And I love the, the dual nature of that, of, of the, the planet that they go to being littered with the scars of, of the clone wars with all the, the Republic cruisers and all the ships that were destroyed. Um, but then also, of course, the the battle scars of of the removal of the inhibitor chip that they're all going to have now on their their heads as kind of again a, a a signal of what what was done to them and and the war that they left behind and the war that they're kind of entering into. And I think a third um, aspect of that name is also what Rex is describing to them, like his mental battle scars of seeing what the inhibitor chip can do mm-hmm. and that was that really scarred him so um yeah i thought also of that meaning as well i was really i know this is totally jumping to the end of the episode but i was really impressed with omega's ability to to recognize that wrecker was not in control of himself and to just like at the very end she she kind of offers him the the caramel corn, which is what I've been calling it, you know, but as a, as a token of like, it's all good. You know, I I don't have any, 
uh, resentment or, or unforgiveness in what you did because she recognizes that he wasn't in control. And, and so I thought that that was, um, it, it just impressed me cause I, cause I figured she would have been more hurt perhaps, or mm-hmm. may, maybe, maybe she will be, I don't know, but, um, she, throughout the series, she's expressed the understanding of what it is. And mm-hmm. even when, you know, Crosshair was really turning on them, she had that moment where she was sitting with him. Like, I know what you're going to do is, is not completely you it's not completely mm-hmm. your fault so um i it you know i really want to know more about her and what she's <laughs> she was doing on camino because i want to oh. know how much she knows like how mm-hmm. she knows about the inhibitor tip she knows what it can do so what else does she know about how the clones were made i mean she was mm-hmm. that the medical kind of with the medical droid the whole time so that really has piqued my interest as we go on. And we got another tantalizing tidbit on her is that she was never she was never equipped with a, an, an inhibitor chip. Mm-hmm. She's pretty proud of that too. Yeah, but it, but it I just forget exactly how to, she said it. She's just like, she's like <laughs> not me. I mean, <laughs> I can totally relate. That's like you all have to go through surgery, but but I'm I'm good. I don't have to do that. You know, but it but it continues to to beg the question of like what's like yeah what was her purpose what was she doing on Camino, you know why why did they clone her and then why did they clone her and not install something where they could control her? So I think I think we'll continue to see that mystery play out uh, as we continue through the series, though for sure. Well, and I've just well, it, it's near the beginning, so but but I, I just thought it was interesting how like even some of the subverting of expectations because like she goes over and she's looking at Rex and she says, you know, she just looks at him for like two seconds. She's like, you're a generation one, mm-hmm, you know? Exactly. And he's like, how did you know that? And I'm like, Oh yeah. What's the mystery? And then it's basically just cause he's like, old. <laughs> he's, old. he's got wrinkles <laughs> on his forehead. <laughs> it, was, it was cute. Cause I was like, well, yeah, you know, maybe there's more to her for sure, but it's not, I, I they love keeping us guessing what that is. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's got just this, innocence too about her which is which is also really fun to see play out yeah um let's jump into the to the recap because we'll we'll hit a number of those things of course as we go along uh the the episode starts off with we see clone force 99 has decided of course to become kind of mercenaries for sid and so they are on a mission to capture a lizard whom uh, omega has named ruby i kind of want to know the story behind that but they didn't actually give us the story behind that but uh, they they successfully, uh, you know, have have captured, stolen this lizard from someone who stole it from someone else. And, uh, you know, <laughs> again, bigger story there, but that we may never know. And they're in this this space battle and they, of course, escape and and uh, Echo fixes the hyperdrive. And so they get back to Ord Mantell so they can deliver the, the lizard to Sid and get paid. Which, of course causes some issues because uh they don't get paid very much and they are um acquiring quite the debt with Mm -hmm. with sid which is really kind of i mean some of it is totally totally understandable but but wrecker and omega are (sighs) running away with the credit card how much does that that snack cost apparently seven credits per bucket because I think they get two buckets. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, I was going to say, um, when it comes to Sid paying them, 
it really, you know, we, we've kind of gotten these little seeds ever since we've met Sid that, you know, with their interaction with her, that they're like not really exactly sure about her, but they're just kind of going along. And now I think we're at the point where especially Hunter is really kind of saying like, hey, you know, is this what we should be doing? Should we be dealing with Sid? Is this really in our best interest? Um, or are we just kind of stuck here? You know, what's mm-hmm. what's going to happen? So um, I'm really curious how their relationship with Sid is going to um, progress with the coming episodes. I think it could go a number of ways because on the one hand, we know that Echo heard of her through the the Jedi connection. And so there's at least an inherent, they trust the Jedi who maybe didn't fully trust her for information, but trusted her enough that, that they were mm-hmm. willing to, to go to her. But then she also knows who they are. So mm-hmm. she's, I mean, she's kind of got them in a, in a tough spot that if they decide to, especially if they decided to, to just leave without paying back the debt, I mean, she could, she could, you know, uh, spill the beans and tell tell the Empire about about uh, Clone Force ninety nine, and yet I, I think you're right too that that Hunter is very clearly, and that was something he talked with Rex at the end of the episode about is like trying to figure out what's best for for his squad, um, which at that point is not joining Rex and kicking off the re- rebellion. Not quite sure what's going on there yet, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it. <laughs> The, the relationship with Sid is, is tenuous at best. So, but they also need the money and they need kind of that, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, hard to, hard to say, but she, she is kind of a, a very interesting character. I really liked to the, the whole episode I, I felt was sort of framed around Wrecker and Omega's friendship. So the, the, the Mantel mix, the, the, the snack, the, the caramel corn you know, uh, was, was something that just like, I could relate to, you know, as a kid, like that, that, that was, you know, that, that built in tradition and, you know, Wrecker and, and Omega are the, the kids that are asking dad for, for permission to go get their, their, uh, their ice cream snack or their, you know, popcorn. But I, I liked how they continued to kind of focus on the relationship between those two, which I think again, added to the tension of, of what happens later when, the inhibitor chip uh, kicks in for Wrecker. Um, and that's when, so at this point, that's when, that's when Rex arrives. And Mike, I was listening to, uh, to the episode last week and I loved all of your guys' guesses. And I have to say that, that for me personally, I mean, I, I think my gut reaction was probably like everybody else's is, is that uh, I was expecting Ahsoka only because of the I trace and actually oh you weren't i yeah. was expecting it because of the trace and rafa connection mm-hmm. and that was the that was the one that was the biggest question mark for me about thinking it was rex because i don't i still don't really know how he knows them because of the mm-hmm. ahsoka novel and the timeline thing that i was going over with thomas because i and yep. i think you you read that novel right yep, yep. yeah because I, I so i don't know i guess somewhere in there she must have connected them yeah, they're involved in the rebellion. I mean, yeah. that's what they say they're they're getting that dro- that droid for, right? Yep. In the last episode, so mm-hmm. um, we know that eventually Rex ends up with the rebellion. So to me, it makes sense. That's mm-hmm. probably how they connected. 
there's just a bit of untold story there because I I don't remember um and maybe Angela maybe you'll remember at the end of Clone Wars season 7 I don't remember Trace and Rafa being you know involved in in that kind of way yet. No. So there no, yeah so weren't. so then there's definitely something that that led them to get connected with with those kind of people before this episode. Yeah, I think Ahsoka talked to them about her perspective on what's right and what's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And I, maybe I'm thinking that planted a seed in their minds and hearts to really consider fighting for people like them, you know, um, rather than just fighting to stay alive and fighting for themselves, which was what they were doing before. I was just wondering here, because with Rex, um, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with that, but I, I was <laughs> just made me think, I, I'm going to, I have some tabs I'm saving for later because I just realized this is kind of <laughs> cool. But you guys know the whole thing about, of course, and we, I think we've talked about this before, but the the older guy with the white beard and Return of the Jedi right. who has uh, no yep. real significance in the actual plot of the movie, you know, and was not in any way, shape or form Rex originally. Mm-hmm. But I think his official name is Nick Sant. Yep. Right. Yep. Cause he looks yep. like Santa, like <laughs> but I, I don't know if you noticed this, but it looks like some of the forces of destiny stuff. It, like they really made it subtle, but it's him. It's return of the Jedi and everything. It's that guy. Right. But they have, when he's shooting, they have, he's got, he's got the, uh, the clone armor plates right. with the white and the blue on it. So I think they, I, have they canonized that that is Rex? That was my understanding is that and they were they trying to do that with rebels. That. Right. With the, yeah. with the helmet. So, okay. So, so he is, I mean, it's like, obviously, he's involved with the Rebels. You know, we see that in the show Rebels, but he's not too involved with the Rebels when they find him, you know, living with the other guys out on that, right. that, that old walker, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe he, I guess, you know, maybe he gets just battle-weary from it, you know, and ducks out and then comes back in as the the classic 80s you know thing. Like, he got it, <laughs> they're pulling me back in after retirement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But so, um, but that that's just really cool to see him, like we've said so many times with, this era, I'm just so happy about to finally see canon stuff right here, you know, um, at, at the very beginning of, of all of it. You know, it's right. it's just a really cool time to explore, mm-hmm. you know. And I know Andor will be in here, too, you know, or, or maybe a little later. Yeah. But so, will, so will Kenobi. Because yeah. we've never really got a a story of the origins of the Rebellion other than knowing mm-hmm. certain key players that eventually you know kind of go that way bill organa for one and rex and and those sorts of people so and they do they touch on it in solo a little bit but that not much you know Mm -hmm. it's vaguely in the background yeah even in rogue one you know it it feels like there's still so much more organization that could be done um Mm -hmm. with the rebellion uh so it's you know it's not quite at the phase when we really meet them in episode four Right. So, right. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of the way that kind of imagine it is there's a whole lot of like just seeds, you know, here mm-hmm. and there. Um, and maybe Rex somehow got connected with Trace and Rafa through yeah. some kind of, you know, small thing that that people are trying to work towards. Mm-hmm. So right. It's grassroots. Particular sectors and stuff like even he said, too, I mean, later on, just about the Republic's not all gone or, you know, it was something along those lines, right. You know, that he's doing what he can in the, in these, like he's committed to yeah, he, these sort of smaller wins yeah, you know, he, rather he, than the big thing. He made the comment that 
I mean, like that he's he's meant to defend the Republic, and so he's going to continue to do that. And, right. Or that was yeah, it was like Hunter said something like the Republic's gone, and he's like not all of it. Yep. Yeah, it was something like that. You know, yep. so and that totally fits with him leading yeah and being in part of the rebellion because you know the empire even though that's what the what replaced the republic that's not the republic right and trace and rafa weren't just from any planet right i mean if if they were to connect with rex in some kind of rebels mini rebel cell like it makes sense that because of where his involvement with the republic formerly and then where they were living right that they would somehow get connected versus if they were in some random distant planet somewhere mhm yeah tatooine <laughs> <laughs> of course that ends that up becoming place. important but tatooine is like the <laughs> i'm going to go on a limb here tatooine is kind of like the it, it's like the jerusalem or the israel of the star wars universe it's just this like it shouldn't really be incredibly <laughs> significant forever but it just always is you know, like it's just there's there's like this crux point of all these important things that happen there. It's, it's yeah. a, there's a mystery, <laughs> divine <laughs> divine providence. You know? Oh, um, back to uh, Sid's cantina. Uh, we we get some some dialogue there with with Rex talking to uh, talking to Clone Force ninety nine, and thankfully the Empire has Rex listed as dead, so this helps him kind of in his in his work as. Uh, <laughs> did you <laughs> I I'm just, you, I'm just I thought you were going to say something <laughs> no I'm just gonna, it, it just opens up so it, every, there's a lot of things that are a lot easier if they just think you're dead <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, yep you know like they're not even really officially sure Obi-Wan's dead you know the, the way that conversation kind of goes but yeah well, they, they tend to think more Jedi are dead than are actually dead yeah so wishful Kanan, thinking for Kanan, them. Kanan, yeah. Kanan Jarrus being one. Uh, I'll say his name now because he's going to, well, he's sort of going to come up. Cal Kestis. Do you, do you guys know that name? From the game? I, I haven't played it. I've seen some yep. of the, I've seen some stuff on YouTube because it's, it's some pretty cool yeah. cutscenes and stuff, but yeah, uh, he's, he's the, 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 the main character of Jedi Fallen Order, the, the video game. Um, and the reason that's, that's important for our discussion here is the planet that he starts in, in the game is Braca and and Ken mm. Cal is actually a member of the the, the Scrappa Guild, or he's working mm. for the Scrappa Guild as he oh. is hiding out from from the Empire. That's cool. exciting. Okay, so yeah, kind so of we're, a fun connection there. Do you think we might see see him in this? Well, so that's that's one of the the thoughts that That'd I've seen cool. floating out there is that we could see a younger a younger Cal. Huh. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think if they've ever. Have they ever had a, a video game character like like start there and end up in the show? I mean, because we've had all the things of like live action to animation, animation to live action, mm-hmm. like that. Those arcs that'd be kind of cool. Um, I don't know of anybody. So the only one that I can think of, and there's, uh, I mean, there, there's not a whole lot of of video games that have come out since Disney purchased Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. But the one that I'm thinking of is sort of a very obscure thing. Is Revan, so if you know Darth Revan, he yes. was one of the, the characters of Knights of the Old Republic, which was pre-Disney. Right. The name Revan shows up in like the visual dictionary for either The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi or one oh, of those that's right. as a name of like a Sith Legion. So, okay. uh, so I mean, so, so it's ambiguous enough whether that, that name was meant to be the same Darth Revan as the character right. or... 
But I, but I think, I think there was a deleted scene that was supposed to be in Clone Wars where they were going to establish him as like a Sith ghost of him, but it didn't. Like they, they had it in pre-production or something, but they didn't go through that with it. Sounds. I right. saw somewhere. But I, I, but actually, I just thought too the dark. I guess with the dark troopers count from Mandalorian. Oh they were, yeah, yep. Yeah, they were, I was going to say that crate yeah. dragon. Okay. Whole, oh yeah, yeah. You know, storyline with the yeah. with the the pearl. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, so, that'd be neat to see him in there if he shows up. Yeah. Well, and it, and it would do good to just get people introduced to him and then lead people to then play the video game too. Sure. Um, yeah. I've, I've only actually played it for just a little bit. So I've played the opening sequence on Braca, but other than that, okay. I, I wasn't able to get too much farther, um, just with everything else going on. Um, so yeah, it, it, I mean, all of this is, is good because it gets people more exposed and then, and then if you want to learn more, you can always jump into, jump into the other aspects in the video games and, and learn more. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, so we, we ultimately Rex will take them there. And of, and of course the reason that Rex is going to take them to Braca is that, uh, they have this whole dialogue in the cantina about the inhibitor chips because Wrecker's complaining about headaches again. And Rex gets very, very, uh, defensive and is nervous and calls them all ticking time bombs because he knows what the inhibitor chip, um, would force them to do. And of course and we've you know- seen this in season seven of the clone wars yeah and i was gonna say you know that was the smart smart reason why or that was let me start over. that was why this was smart for them to insert rex mm-hmm. into their storyline because we as the audience have been operating under the assumption i think that of what the bad batch's assumption is which is yeah. oh we're fine right like we don't have to worry about those inhibitor chips because when we were, you know, when we were seeing all the other regs um, following Order 66, nothing happened to us. Um, but it raises the stakes when we see Rex, like, getting ready to, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's with his hand near his holster. Mm-hmm. And that shows us, right, like, how serious this is. Because it's kind of a reminder for us who have seen the Clone Wars, right? And we've seen what's happened. Um, so instead of us just kind of being with the Bad Batch through the series and then one day, you know, something like you were saying, Father, like maybe in, in the heat of battle, like mm-hmm. one guy wrecker maybe just, just flips, you know, just turns and it's like, whoa, it would, that would be so jarring. Um, and it would seem to come out of nowhere. Um, but I think what they did very well is that they kind of like added that tension, like we were talking about before with having Rex and kind of reminding us like how serious of a threat this really is, this mm-hmm. chip. Yeah. I, I, that, that's a, that's a really good point because I, I have fallen into the camp of just taking everything that tech says as like gospel. And I'm totally biased because he's my favorite of the bad batchers. So like, <laughs> um, and he's super smart, but, uh, but, but you're right. Like this, this is something that, that even he, you know, wasn't, wasn't able to, to see what it would do. And, uh, so, so it, it leads them to, or it leads Rex then to, to take them to, to, to Braca, uh, because that's where he knows he can help them. But I- I'd want to just throw this in quick because I, I I'm not sure exactly where this, like if this would become a big conversation point or not. But you know maybe I can just mention we can come back. Or I don't know if you guys were going to talk about this, so just tell me. But uh, what I really loved about 
just that way of approaching their situation. Um, and, and I don't really think, in a way, I don't think the episode really focused on this as much, but this, for me, this was like the big gem in it, on, funny enough. Um, like, uh, just theologically, was you no, you can't you can't just have it around <laughs> like you you gotta it has to be gone mm-hmm. you know and that very kind of blase almost like oh well no we're fine we can just control it and rex like uh-uh you got it has to be gone and what really what's funny enough what instantly jumped in my mind um was the red lizard scene in the c.s lewis book the great divorce and mm-hmm. all the justifications the guy's making when the angel's basically asking can i kill that thing for you you know, and he's like, well, no, I don't want to put you through that much trouble. I don't, it's just all the, and, and plug in whatever sin it is, mm-hmm. you know, the thing where it's like, well, you know, I just kind of, you know, hang on to it. It, it. Oh, look, he's gone to sleep. He won't bother us anymore. And I, I don't know. It's just all of that popped in there. The moment that they're just like, just casually like, oh no, it's cool. We're different. You know? And, and Rex is like, no, you're not. It's in your head. We need to get it out. You know? And I don't know. I just, I really thought that was a really cool thing to kind of meditate on just just you know avoiding the near occasion of sin (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like if maybe you can't go down that street anymore you know maybe you really have to um you know not have anything to drink anymore you know so just whatever it is i just thought that was a really interesting kind of uh, i wrote down pelagians need not apply (laughs) like these guys they can't just pull themselves up from their own bootstraps if that chip wants to go it's gonna go and we see it that tension building with wrecker um, and we haven't seen a hint of it with the others, but it's like, how many bumps on the head will it take before <laughs> theirs start mm-hmm. going too? So I thought that was a neat way to kind of address all that. So I don't know if this is taking the analogy too far or not. Um, well, before I get to that, you're, you're, I think you're absolutely right in you're talking about this, but it reminded me of, of Jesus saying, you know, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, he's not meaning that literally, but, but, you know cut away anything that causes you to sin you know mm-hmm. it's it, <laughs> the moment that we decide to just coexist with sin or evil it's we're done like right. you know there, there's there's no way that yeah we can on our own power just keep it at keep it in check um the 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 analogy though and i and i really don't want to i don't want to take this too far but there's a certain analogy to baptism happening here too if you want to consider Again, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is this is just a, a reflection here. But I mean, if you take the inhibitor chip as a as a concrete manifestation, say of original sin, you know, oh, and okay. they all have to, they all have to, and and Rex, that's cool. Who who is you know someone who's already gone through the death to self or the 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 baptism death, you know, and and then come through that and experience that that pain and that struggle of sin, even as he you know struggled to to not. Uh, shoot Ahsoka and and all of that in season seven, but he's sort of the the saint. Uh, I use that term loosely. Mm-hmm. That that is leading mm-hmm. the Bad Batch to go through the same process of that that baptism and death, and then yeah. come through the other side. That's interesting. That's cool. I I I t- I have another take on it, so maybe I'll wait until the end to kind of discuss that. Um, but what I was going to say is, Mike, that's so interesting that you brought up the red um, lizard dragon thing, because we had kind of one of those at the start of this episode. We had Ruby and she (laughs) was partially red at least. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it always connects to C.S. Lewis. (laughs) 
cool. Yeah, That's Angela, so cool. we'll we'll come but, back to your your take when we get there. Yeah. Um, but that I either way, I mean, I think that that's a an important thing to 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 just reflect on. Again, how Star Wars can kind of frame these things in in um uh kind of exaggerated ways, I guess if you will. I mean, concrete ways and and but it but it all can be kind of a metaphorical um kind of spiritual kind of reflection as well if you if you take the time to sit with it. So Rex uh takes them or leads them. He actually takes his own ship, but he he leads them to to Braca where this is the the starship graveyard uh where all the the re- there's a bunch of republic cruisers that have either crashed there or they're broken and they're they're on the surface. It's a junkyard. And so he takes them there because he knows that that he can find a Jedi cruiser which would have the same medical equipment that was used to remove his own uh, inhibitor chip and is, is able to, to lead the Bad Batch to, to one of those cruisers. And before they, they quite get there, they see a patrol of the Scrapper Guild um, who control the entire planet. So they're kind of the background nefarious kind of characters. They get to the the cruiser, which is of course broken apart, and here we have uh, a fun, terrifying for Wrecker, but sequence of of him trying to cross this chasm, and you know uh, the the rope that they're or the cable that they're crossing on, of course, breaks under his weight and um, falls, and and is almost eaten by um, this this creature in the in the the water. Um, I wrote down the name the Kraken. <laughs> like, looks a well, lot the like the caption it, but... said it was a dinoga yeah oh yeah and and really? so that that's an interesting connection because that's the same creature in the trash compactor in the death star yeah. so we never saw much of that right yeah if, right. if you go to wikipedia i uh, you can see a, a a a drawing of it and it I'm not a fan. It, it's it's a creepy looking creature, essentially. Mm. And mm-hmm. and of course, what you see in A New Hope is like the, the eye stalk at the very top of the creature. And what you see in this episode is kind of more the where its mouth is. And it's trying yeah. to trying to eat Wrecker. Poor guy. <laughs> I like, uh, by the way, I like how in uh, I just finished that the first volume of From a Certain Point of View. Mm-hmm. And I must admit, I kind of skipped through a little bit of the Dianoga chapter because I was like, I don't yeah, really need too. the backstory <laughs> of the trash compactor monster. I, you know, no offense, but I was just like, I'm good. That's interesting, though, because I didn't actually realize that was one of the stories. I've I've I think I've yeah. read a couple of them, but I <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> I need that I story like, either. Yeah, I was like, I feel like this one, like they, that one slipped past the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, oh. I feel like that book though. They they wanted like the most random, obscure side it's, characters yeah. that they could. Those are fun. They really <laughs> they are. Get. So we should be getting a Return of the Jedi one here in a couple years. On I the, was thinking, yeah, yeah, uh, anniversary. So they they do, of course, get then to the to the medical bay, and I'm surprised that the equipment was able to to function. Like yeah. Echo just kind of you know uses his his droid uh, arm and gets everything up and going and i loved uh <laughs> tech make some comment about the the space not being sterile anymore oh yeah and and hunter was like yeah do you do you really want to go back to camino and do this and he's like oh we're good we're good this will work <laughs> so 
and and so we get more dialogue here with with Omega, um, which I thought was important to point out and important for for the for the plot and the story is is that she's expressing her concern about this being a dangerous um, procedure, and she makes the comment that she's she's worried that if if Wrecker basically if he doesn't make it that she'll be left with no one, and mm. and Hunter well, if, if all of them. Because oh, they're all going to go okay. through it. So that was my yeah. understanding. Like, if all of you go through this and then something goes wrong, I'm just going to be alone. Okay. That that was that was not how I read it, but I, I think that makes sense, too. I, I read it in that she was worried specifically for Wrecker, and if it didn't work, Hunter was assuring her that they would still all be together, at least they, the, the rest of the squad would. But um, but thankfully, that's, that's not uh, what happened. But again, I think it it points out the the familial relationship that they have, and, and Omega's worry and um, concern. Um, again, adding adding some some tension on what's what's going to happen with mm-hmm. this. And of course, before they can get Wrecker um, into the surgical pod, uh, his his chip does indeed activate, and um, his entire personality changes. I uh, was reflecting I, I, again as I listened to you guys last week, Mike. Um, hashtag what is order sixty six? Yeah, I was I was <laughs> thinking about it because we we do get a little bit of insight because of records what record does, right? And and so at least from from my perspective, what I was writing down is that that obviously order sixty six is more than just killing Jedi, but it includes mm-hmm. killing traitors. Um, but but also sort of a, a complete personality takeover and and i i sort of labeled it as unwavering loyalty to the emperor and order 66 Mm -hmm. but it's interesting because even like and it and it's not just like if there's jedi in the vicinity he recognizes Mm -hmm. and uses his own memories of clone force 99 to recognize that they're traitors because they didn't follow order 66 and then well they talk about it like right before his inhibitor chip um activates mm-hmm. i yeah. think it was who was it was it rex or yeah they was it hunter it was who says, i think like, rex and hunter were talking about it yeah yeah and they say like well, oh I, yeah we this is what happened and we let that one jedi kid go right and mm-hmm. then it's like boop, records on have, and then he's like oh y'all are traitors <laughs> so i'm just trying to think do we have a is there a plot hole here or one that doesn't really matter when it comes to um cuts situation you know mm. when they were on i forget the name of the planet but you know he's you know the deserter and everything yeah. but he's he's a gen one clone with a chip in his head yeah. so why i guess i did that not matter for that episode am i not supposed to ask that question <laughs> i don't i i wonder because there wasn't any it's not like rex removed his but <laughs> rex would have known that he had one and they said that he had been through there i don't know if this is an answer well it's an answer i don't know if it's the yeah. answer but every other clone trooper heard the order exactly. from Emperor Palpatine himself. So even I think right. I, I I have to go back and look at Episode One. But well, because ninety nine did, but they were all like, "What's Order sixty six? Right? You know, like they just it didn't right, but they heard it right. But even like I'm thinking Revenge of the Sith, like yeah. every every clone trooper that they show like has a little hologram right. of of Emperor Palpatine right. executing that order. So it wasn't it couldn't mm-hmm. have just been like he flipped a switch that sent out a signal. Yeah, that's that. That makes yeah. I think that makes a little more sense. Maybe it was a directive. 
I think of it kind of like um, with the Winter Soldier where there's like a password that turns them on. I think Order 66 is the password because when Hunter and Rex are discussing it, they say Order 66 Mm. and immediately after that. Record turns on. So okay. that was kind of where that connection was established could, in my mind. You could do such a great ridiculous thing, like just, just, you know, caught in the families at like Disney or something, <laughs> or, you know, like Space Disney World or whatever. You know, and it's just like, you know, like just someone's walking by, like, I got to get a bulk order of these pens. I got to order 66 <laughs> of them. You know, like drops is just something stupid. <laughs> I'm sure someone will address it at some point. It's a big universe. <laughs> But no, I think that's a good point. Yeah, because that's everyone we know of has. Yeah, you're right. They they had the transmission received, mm-hmm. you know, and he's clearly not keeping in touch, you know, and hasn't been right. for a long time. Right. He turned his yeah. he turned his phone off and he's on retreat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that that does. I mean, actually, uh, well, I guess maybe not in the Star Wars universe, but Order sixty six happens more frequently than than you might think and i'm thinking i guess in mm-hmm. our world maybe not in the star wars galaxy but like you go to a restaurant and you <laughs> if order 66 right. sure. you know yeah you, you don't want to be uh cut at a at a you know space mcdonald's and yeah. order 66 right. so well and, and by the way and just one other quick because with at this this point in the episode with wrecker uh i was he freaked me out a little bit. I mean, and like, like Angela said too, like, I mean, I think we all knew this was coming and like you mm-hmm. said, father, maybe didn't know how, but I like how fast everybody's like, uh Oh, <laughs> like he's, he's like the big lovable guy. And I think part of the reason this works so well is because they don't, they have him going around breaking stuff, but he has that sort of jovial big kid attitude Yeah, when he doesn't, <laughs> it's like, Oh, uh, and I totally, I, I keep bringing Terminator up. I think it's because of Kevin Kiner's mm-hmm. music with that heavier mm-hmm. kind of electronic, you know, um, yeah. style to it. It, I felt that vibe. It was very kind of like, you know, spooky with, uh, maybe spooky, not the right word, but just very, you know, terrifying, you know. It, he had a kind of almost an incredible Hulk kind of feel, but, but not in a, like, yeah. he's on the Avenger side, but like he's right on the bad side. Yeah. So, um, Angela, I don't know. Was this was this the point where you wanted to to talk about? Uh, um, I kind of want to wait until record gets better. <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> uh, which thankfully doesn't take uh, too much too much time. But he does, uh, you know, pursue the group and and uh, for being in violation of Order sixty six, and you know, calls them traitors, and and then it focuses on. Oh, well, Omega actually rescues Hunter because he has Wrecker has Hunter kind of pinned up against the wall and Omega distracts uh, Wrecker. And then we have the, the, the dialogue between the two of them as, as Wrecker is, is trying to get Omega and he's trying to get Omega because she's conspiring, conspiring with traitors, which apparently with order 66 also is a death sentence. So, uh, he kind of he chases her down and um omega tries to to reason with him and to appeal to his his friendship and the 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 familial connections and of course wrecker is unable to to do that and just before he shoots omega he he himself is hit with a with a stun beam and then thankfully that's when they are able to get him into that surgical pod and then remove the inhibitor chip and this this scene was was really touching because 
this again we we see the relationship between omega and wrecker that you know he's out of the out of the surgical pod but he he hasn't woken up and she refuses to leave leave his side you know i could uh, it was it was just exactly what you would see like in a in a hospital you know of mm-hmm. of a family member who was going to stay stay there until they wake up and uh omega fantastic omega does voice that. acting yeah as well mm-hmm. i just really was very touched i was that 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 was what made me cry honestly is yeah. the way that she delivered that line because mm-hmm. it put me back as you were saying in all the positions that i've been in with family yep. like that so yep. yeah well and and i mean like she doesn't move i mean she falls asleep with her head basically on on the the, the bed where where wrecker is you know it's um yeah it was it was very very touching and 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 well 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 written and well done um and then thankfully of course he he does wake up and so uh the rest the rest of clone force 99 all go through the same uh surgical process and and get their all get their inhibitor chips uh removed as well wrecker apologizes to omega at this point for what's happened and of course this is what i was talking about earlier is that that i was impressed with omega um, you know, basically, I mean, absolutely forgiving him as, as any, as any, you know, uh, as, as family, you know, and she, all, she of course knows that, that he wasn't in control of his, of his decisions either as he was trying to kill her. And we, we have the, the man, the, the popcorn come back <laughs> as sort of that, that, like that signal that, yeah, everything's, everything's good. We're, we're all good. Um, and then, I mean, really then that's kind of where the episode ends. Rex, Rex heads off and with the assumption or our assumption is, is that he's heading off to, to kind of go back and join the, the larger fight and what that means. We, we don't know, but, uh, we might see some of that coming up and Hunter is still determining what is best for, for his squad. And then it ends with the scrapper guild noticing hunter on the cruiser and informing the empire. So it kind of, uh, leaves us on a bit of a cliffhanger, but, uh, I imagine next episode will be, will be quite intense with, with the empire marching in. And I think there was also that line that, um, Hunter says to Rex at the end, if you're ever in a bind, you know where to, how to reach Mm -hmm. us. Um, to me, I wondered if that was supposed to foreshadow something that's coming. Either, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do a season two, mm, but, yeah. um, but that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, just to, you know, maybe if Rex is involved with some kind of fight against the empire, that would be a very like climactic moment, right? To have the bad batch fighting against the empire, fighting against crosshair, you know, Rex is with them, like, you know, have that kind of a moment. So I kind of, I wonder if that's where things are heading. Um, and if that was, that kind of line was foreshadowing that. But. I think that very likely. Well, and yeah, I think, um, I don't, I, I mean, I, I absolutely love the show. My, it, this wouldn't be a criticism, but I just, I feel like in the, this is why I'm, I'm more or less assuming this is going to happen. But next episode is episode eight which would be the at least fourth episode in a row if they don't have some kind of loop back to Crosshair, Tarkin, Camino. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been nothing about any of that for 
three full episodes, I think now at least. So I, you know, I'm having fun with each episode, but I think that's, you, you do have to come back to that. That being said, that's the, if my math is right on this, that's sort of the hinge episode next week. I yeah. mean, that's, that's right in the midpoint because there's 15 episodes. So that'll be kind of interesting. I'm, I think to have them have this sort of landmark reached, you know, right before that midway point makes a lot of sense. You know, you can kind of, you don't have to worry about that, at, you know, anymore. Um, so, yeah, it'll be kind of cool. I wouldn't be surprised if the episodes start to pick up, too, in pace and in mm-hmm. intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that they stretched this out over, over the, the, the longer or the, the more episodes, because it's, it's been nice to just kind of enjoy the episodes and, yeah, not feel like we're sprinting. And they, they really established... I think they've done a great job establishing them individually as a group with her, you know, mm-hmm. she's very much a member of the squad. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, it just, whatever they all go into now, they go into as, as the unit and it's, it just works, makes sense. And they've established that I think really well. Um, Angela, I will throw it to you. Yeah. Well, um, as y'all were talking about metaphors, right. For this whole journey with, with Wrecker and the inhibitor chips, um, for me, you know, where you saw theology, I kind of actually saw mental health situations mm-hmm. um, because that's something that I'm very interested in due to personal experience and other things. Um, one of the reasons that I was gone off the show is because of a medical situation that um, I had to take very strong uh, medications for. And one of the side effects actually is is relevant because... Um, it was basically, you know, just strong steroids that affect mood. So, like, every day at a certain time, I would burst into tears and have a panic attack for no apparent reason because I was taking this medication, um, right? Messing with my my brain chemistry. Um, and some people, you know, that is just a daily occurrence for whatever reason. Um Another, you know, and that it changes your mood. In other words, it completely changes how you feel. Um, some people have bipolar disorder. Some people have, you know, I used to struggle a lot with um, panic attacks, um, anxiety, um, addiction, you know, is another thing too. Like if you have an addiction, it can really change how you behave towards people if you're, um, what you're addicted to is in danger, right? If you can't get that anymore. Um, so for me, you know, just the concept of seeing Wrecker have the most need, right? It was the most urgent for him to remove his chip, but he also had the most hesitancy um, about going through that process. And he also had the most challenges on the way, right? To get it done. And, um, and he needed, as you were saying, you know, he needed his team's encouragement. He needed his team's positive peer pressure. Mm -hmm. He needed the support of others to get to the point of actually getting it removed. And so I thought from that perspective, you know, that yes, that I could definitely see, um, your, your, uh, metaphor as well. And, you know, mine isn't perfect either, but it was just what yeah. came to mind because of, of personal experience and, and other things. But just seeing the people that we go through, that we have in our lives go through that, um, 
and whether we're going through something like that ourselves, just how important it is to remember that we need those people in our lives that we, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show. We can't isolate, right? Mm -hmm. We can't isolate ourselves from our community, from our family, from our friends, um, because there are some situations that we can get into where we don't recognize how urgent it is to get help, right? Um, And that is something that can get worse and worse as time goes on. You know, it's, I think of it as an inhibitor chip, kind of like, you know, there are those triggers, whether it is a mental health condition, whether it's medically related, um, whether it's an addiction, but there's just those things that just trigger your, your mood change or your, you know, whatever it is and your behaviors. Um, and you may not even realize it. So, yeah, I just, I, I, I personally picked up on that and I appreciate that, that that can be used to kind of talk with people and about with kids. You know, if I had kids, I would definitely kind of talk with them about that too, about the importance of having your squad with you. Well, and I was, I was just looking here at Romans. I I couldn't remember where it was exactly in Romans, but Romans seven, you know, that, that very encouraging section where you get that little window into, into Paul's struggles, which you know, we don't know exactly what all it entailed, if it involved some aspects of, you know, more mental health stuff or, or you know, this, there's overlap, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of times with the spiritual fight. But when he says, what I do, I do not understand, for I do not do what I want, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I concur that the law is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. And he goes on talking about that back and forth all the time. You know, I, I do what I do not want. And it's this whole, this tension of he's not, he's not claiming like the devil made me do it. You know what I mean? Like, from his standpoint, he's, he's accepting the reality that we all have that, that personal responsibility, but he's recognizing this, this baggage, this tension, this, this albatross, this, mm-hmm. this cross, the thorn in his side he talks about, and that can take so many different, um, so many different forms. Um, and so I, I think, I mean, any way you look at it, I think there's, there's some really cool connections with, with, a show like this where they have so much to draw from. I mean, nobody's just a one trick pony with just like, you know, which is funny because I think at first some people were maybe a little critical of the characters. I think everybody's really liked it, but I think there was that little bit of some people I think were a little concerned about like Hunter's this, you know, tech is that wreckers that. And it's like, well, yeah, but we're seeing, I think pretty quickly there's, there's a whole lot more to each one of them. Um, and so I've really enjoyed that too. Seeing these different layers of, of their individual struggles too, is really, really cool. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I, that's one of the reasons why we love the show. And I mean, and what we continue to talk about it is that star Wars and these shows are, are ways that we're able to then have those larger discussions, you know, whether it's about virtue and vice or whether it's about mental health, you know, you could, you could have this conversation with someone who's watching the show and you could, I mean, you could use the inhibitor chip, like you said, Angela, and say, well, my inhibitor chip is depression or anxiety or, um, insert vice here, you know, uh, and, and you, that could launch into a discussion on, on the need for the need for your squad, the need for support. But one of the things too, that I wanted to point out that I think is absolutely crucial is that before Clone Force 99 even decides to, I mean, they've been talking about this, but what pushes them is Rex. And Mm -hmm. Rex is not just 
a random person who walked into the into the cantina, but he's someone that they know and that's someone that they trust. And so just like, Mm -hmm. just like anything, if we're struggling with, you know, depression, anxiety, or whatever sin that we're struggling with, we are more able to, to reach out and get help with someone that we know and we trust. If someone's, you know, that we don't know just kind of shows up and says, Hey, you need to, you know, you need to go get help. We're not going to, we're not going to respond as, as we would to someone who we trust, who wants to lead us. And we know that that wants to lead us towards, towards health and, and happiness. So I think Rex plays a, a good a role in this too. Yeah. And just to clarify for maybe people who might not know, like Catholic teaching all that well, like um, when father's saying like, uh, whether it's anxiety, depression, or whatever sin, like we don't consider mental health like conditions to be sins, Correct. right? So that's right. not like those are two separate categories, right? right? Yep. Mental health yep. and sin. So I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you. I yeah, I was I was sort of mentally dividing uh, Angela your analogy into one box, yes. and then <laughs> uh, exactly uh, the theology analogy into another box. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, none, depression or the mental health things are right in no way sinful um there there's something though that that is part of our human brokenness and that that we can um we can get help for and 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 you know uh uh heal from as well so and i hope i th- i think i said the word overlap i did want to point that out too that it's cuz they are distinct but there can be certain things mm-hmm. you know where there's there's overlap or there's kind of triggering both ways you know but yeah they are yep distinct so good good yep. point yeah. yep and and yeah <laughs> And they, they, they do relate though. I mean, you know, because we are human beings and body and soul, I mean, you know, our, our mental health affects, uh, you know, what we do and we act and, and vice versa too. So, uh, yeah. you know, we have a, a kind of a holistic look at the human person too, but, yeah. um, well, that's why even yes. like psychology, I think it's, it's not just about brains, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's, it's right. not just a chemical, it's, it's the soul, yep. you know, which is much more diverse kind of. <laughs> Well, and, and, and sometimes difficult to pin down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and one of the things that I often tell people as they're, as they, they come to me and are, you know, uh, expressing whatever frustration in, in, in their spiritual lives or, um, whatever sinfulness that they're, they're experiencing, you know, often I, I will, will just talk about, well, you know, are you, are you sleeping well? Are you, um, eating well? Are you mm-hmm. taking care of your, your physical body? Because, you know, if, if, if you're stressed and, not sleeping well, that ends up just making you more vulnerable and and likely to to engage in something that you don't want to do because of of yep. that sort of thing. But then you know, vice versa too. That that if you're doing well and you're praying and you're 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 getting your sleep and you're eating well, it just it helps on a on a mental and and spiritual level as well. So it all it all ties together. Can I turn myself in on a thirty second sort of like? <laughs> dashboard confession no, i don't know <laughs> star wars show confessionals no i just and, and and again like every one of us has had a situation somewhat like this but just just one that happened just a week or so ago and right to what father's saying like i so i just there had been a, a build-up of just stuff with my daughter where it was just driving me nuts and she just wasn't listening and like other things happened and i was just i was in a sort of an angry mood and then the dog did something dumb and I just yelled at him and it was just this like, baby, get in that. And it just, it was completely disproportionate. And again, like we've all been there in some way, shape or form, but like the moment it happened, I was just like that, what, you know, what in the world? And you do that whole thing where like, what, why, 
Mm-hmm. You know, that was not proportionate to that. And and you see that that the importance of nobody's perfect. And obviously, you know, we don't want to get ourselves scrupulous, you right. know, but mm-hmm. it's a struggle, right, for all of us. Yes. Like, you know, the, the slightest little thing can set you off if you're already kind of primed for it. And then if you have some sort of completely out of your control, you know, biochemical aspect. And I have, I have a lot of family members who have different ranges of, of you know, different uh, struggles they have with that kind of thing. So that's very near and dear to my heart too, of just like, you just, you can't, sometimes you just have to work around it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and help someone with that cross, you know? So there's the squad. We keep coming back to the squad. Yeah. <laughs> so crucial. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's exactly what we've seen in Wrecker. I mean, he's had the, he, there, there's a, the biological thing happening but he's it's been building up until the point where it finally just kind of broke and 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 he you know acts acts <laughs> acts like the villain because he's finally um acting with the inhibitor chip um but can i throw one thing in there too because i forgot to i don't know if we mentioned this yet was that neat what he said about how he tried he was telling her how hard he tried to yep. fight it Yep. Yeah. which was neat because you don't see any of that but but like there's this interiority too of like yep and you don't doubt his sincerity mm-hmm. you know so like there's something interesting there i wonder if we need to see with crosshair if we right. i'm sure we're going there i don't know if he'll be redeemed that's kind of a star wars mm-hmm. trope i'm okay with it <laughs> <laughs> um although i i gotta say he's probably the he's the character i like the least in the history of star wars who's on that threshold <laughs> So shame on me. It's like, I don't really care if Crosshair gets saved. <laughs> the fact I have that Dean Bradley that. Baker <laughs> described his voice as like a serpent or a yeah. snake. It I, just oh, makes man. me wonder mm-hmm. if he really is going to be redeemed. Uh, I wonder. I don't, know. I don't know. He's a great Imperial. <laughs> yeah. But I think but hey, so was Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to your point, I, I mean, I think I think that what what Wrecker experienced is is definitely something that that we could all just take and sit with that. I mean, you know, we often, especially if, if you're in that position of, of the mental um, the mental illness, you know, you you don't want it. And yet often it's it's beyond beyond our control. And that's where, again, going back to, to the Bad Batch. Yeah, the squad comes in and, and is able to help, and and of course, human life isn't quite as as neat and tidy as as they make it in the the Star Wars universe. But it's still a way for us to then describe and talk and 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 grow in our own healing and, and process and all of that. So, um, so yeah, I think I think this was a fantastic episode. Thank you for that uh, insight, Angela. I I really appreciated yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's important for mm-hmm. us to you know it's because it's not easy, right? It's not easy. And I think for anybody mm-hmm. to say, hey, I need help. Yep. Right. And so we just got to keep talking about it. And again, I, I hate to keep like harping on this, but that's that's what makes these stories in Star Wars so so prevalent is that they are ways in which we can talk about it. It reminds me of um, the, the Pixar movie Inside Out mm-hmm. and and where all the emotions are personified. And and like I know that I've heard of like people using that to try to get kids to talk about you know, what they're feeling. And I just, I I think that's a brilliant way to, to present it in a way that, that kids can understand it and then verbalize, you know, what's going on inside, inside of them and their emotions and, and, um, able to kind of bring that out and talk about it. So all of these things, I mean, that's, that's, (laughs) that's one of the many reasons that we love Star Wars. Uh, do you, either of you have anything else that you wanted to, to add before we wrap up? No. I'm just yeah, glad they so. decided to keep Wrecker. 
on the yes. show. <laughs> For a second there, I was worried they were going to let him go. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. He's, he's so with us. He's great. Okay, well, that is it from us. Listeners, of course, we want to know what you thought of this episode of The Bad Batch. And so you can let us know in various ways. You can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com. And you can comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. And you can tweet at us. um, And we're on Twitter at sqpn. And now, of course, we would like to take a moment and thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of star wars including this week jacob d jason g richard s tony a and marty k their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of star wars and all the shows that we do here at starquest and if you'd like to join them you can do so by going to sqpn.com slash give also, be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast player. And you can find us on YouTube. Just search for the SQPN YouTube channel and be sure to hit the bell to receive notifications for new episodes so you don't miss a single one. And you can find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash Wars. And we will be back next week as we take a deeper look at episode eight of The Bad Batch. So until next time, Angela Cialana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. My pleasure. And Salacious Crumb, thank you for joining us as well. I'm not going to do the laugh. I was so going to do it. But <laughs> kid, kids are asleep. Maybe I'll record it and just share it with the fans. <laughs> so, Mike, great Thanks to have so you. so much. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.